Hi, good afternoon. My name's Ken Amor. I'm not an astronomer, I'm a geologist. And so I'm going to be talking about looking back at our, at our own planet uh, this afternoon. And in particular, the subject of my talk is going to be large meteorite impacts. So if we take a quick tour around our solar system, almost without, well, with one or two um, um, sort of exceptions, all of the rocky bodies, all of the, the uh, sort of rocky planets, they're all pockmarked with these sort of strange circular uh, um, um, depressions, which we call craters. So uh, the moon, uh, which is well known, if you take a look with even just a pair of, of, of um, binoculars or a small telescope, you can find dozens of, of impact craters there. And uh, various space missions that have been talked about this afternoon, looking at asteroids, Mars, Mercury, Venus, all depict, all show us that they're all pockmarked with these impact uh, craters. So there are, uh, as I said, there are just one or two exceptions. And our own planet is, um, is also perhaps an exception. We're not familiar on a day-to-day -day basis with looking at impact races when we go on holiday. So, um, however, there are actually 182 confirmed impact structures on Earth of varying ages. And uh, this is a map illustrating the uh, locations of where they are. There's a couple of things that I'd like to point out about this map. Um, so uh, one of the most obvious places where there's an absence of impact craters is in the oceans. And this is because water actually makes a very good shock absorber. So all these impact craters, they're formed by, I should have uh, I've said this before, but all these impact craters are formed by uh, other pieces of rock traveling around uh, within our solar system. Occasionally, they collide with the planets, with, with our own planet. They're traveling at speeds of about 38,000 38, miles per hour. So uh, they produce a, a very huge amount of energy release. And typically, uh, impact craters are about 10 times the uh, diameter of the object that's actually colliding with, with, with the planet. So, uh, but uh, water actually makes a very good shock absorber. And even though we don't know what the surface of the ocean floor looks like in, in great detail, to date, no uh, impact craters have actually been found on the ocean floors. What has been found uh, down here in the southeast uh, Pacific is a strewn field of meteorites over, dispersed over a wide field of, uh, of, of area. And what happens is that the water uh, breaks up the, the meteorite uh, and it just sort of, uh, all the, the various pieces, the fragments, just settle down on the ocean floor. But um, another thing that's pointed out about this map is that up here in uh, um, um, Scandinavia, there seems to be a preferential concentration. So that's not some uh, celestial vendetta against uh, Scandinavia. It's simply because um, once you get up it's into that sort of part of the world, once you get beyond the tree line, it's very, it, it's become slightly easier to actually find all these impact structures uh, within the rocks. And the rocks up here in, in this part of the world are actually very old, so they record a long history of the impact cratering record. So what do they look like on Earth? Well, they don't look like the typical meteorite impact crater that you can look at, at uh, on the Moon. They've been around, a lot of them have been around for millions, sometimes billions of years, and they get worn down. So this is a large impact crater. It's about 100 kilometers across. So the object that made that impact uh, about 200 million years ago would have been about 10 kilometers across. And it's now been eroded down 
and uh, all we have left is just this sort of circular lake picking it out. But it's large enough to be seen from space, so here's an astronaut, and just over his shoulder is the impact crater up in, in uh, eastern Canada. So why we don't see a, 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 a record of impact craters on the Earth is that because our Earth is a very dynamic place, we have plate tectonics, we have erosion, we have sediments burying things, we also have this sort of big sort of water body that, that takes up and absorbs a lot of the, of the impacts that strike the Earth. But um, now that we know what to look for, we're discovering, on average, perhaps about four or five of these impact structures uh, each year. And so that record, that database record of 182 impact structures is gradually increasing year on year. So the main focus of what I'm going to tell you now for the rest of the talk is what happened in Scotland about 1.2 billion years ago. And I'm going to tell you that it was hit by an asteroid approximately one kilometer across, leaving a crater perhaps about 10 kilometers. So that's quite a bold statement. Why should you believe anything that I've told you about that? I mean, I could just be making it up. So I'm just going to uh, go through some of the evidence as to how we can detect that there's an impact crater was there. Um, because uh, if any of you have been to Scotland, you'll know that there's no, if there was an impact crater there, it would be a major tourist attraction, but there isn't. So uh, this photograph here on the right, um, whoops, going back a bit, uh, is uh, just up here on this peninsula up here. And what we can see, one of, the, one of the first things which sort of drew my attention to this was that here we have some nice layered uh, sediments, it's sandstone, um, doing what sediments do normally, they have formed these nice sort of layer cake uh, stratigraphy. And then suddenly, from about this point here, you get something different. You get this sort of massive, um, rather sort of structureless, featureless rock. And within it, embedded, are these big slabs, this is about 10 meters across, uh, of sandstone, which starts to get deformed. And this block here as well, this is actually sandstone which has been overturned. So there was something quite extraordinary went on at, this, uh, at, at, at that particular junction. So uh, normally um, these, are, these are all sort of, uh, these uh, rocks here are all uh, sort of water lane sediments deposited in rivers and lakes. Uh, and then suddenly something happens, something strange, something very energetic. Um, this is another sort of close-up of that sort of rolled over rock. So this is actually a block of sandstone embedded in this other sort of rock, rock, rock type. And you can actually trace the, the, the bedding through and it's been completely overturned. So what's going on? So uh, looking at it under a microscope, we can find these uh, sort of quartz grains which have these strange sort of striations on them uh, in more than sort of two directions. Uh, in fact, uh, yeah, this one's got one's coming down here, one's coming along here. This is shock quartz. It's the most definitive signature of a large meteorite impact. Experiments have shown that this type of uh, feature in quartz grains only occurs or starts to occur at pressures of seven gigapascals. Now, that's a very large number that I've just thrown out at you. So how much is seven gigapascals? Well, it's about 70,000 times the atmospheric pressure in this room. And such high pressures don't occur normally, uh, or in fact, don't, don't occur at all within the Earth's crust. 
So the only natural process that we know that can generate such high pressures are by large meteorite impacts. So I told you already that typically these bits of rock that sort of occasionally fly into us from space, they're travelling at very high velocities, 38,000 miles per hour. And it's that sort of energetic process which, when it collides with another body, produces these enormously high pressures. What else have we got? So this is a slab of polished rock. Um, it's the sort of, uh, perhaps the sort of thing that you might find on your, on your kitchen worktop. And although it's a little bit grainy, uh, the main features in here are that it's actually a bit of a jumble of different types of rock. So uh, there's these sort of rock fragments here, um, a couple of sort of brownish ones here, uh, and then you have these sort of dark green, big sort of irregular blobs uh, which are dispersed all the way through with these sort of strange sort of, sort of finger-like structures. This is, uh, or it was, um, 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 so impact melt. So this sort of very high energetic not only shocks the ground, but it also melts it as well. And as the crater forms and material is ejected away from the point of impact, all this sort of impact melt gets thrown out and it gets mixed up with all this pulverized rock. And uh, it's, um, it then goes and, and gets deposited around the crater uh, in the, what's called an impact ejector blanket. So this is the material that just gets thrown out of the crater surrounding the impact uh, crater itself. And it's just a complete jumble. It's a real mess of, of different sort of rock types and rock fragments. Um, oh, I thought I had another slide there. Okay. Um, so these are the, uh, are the main sort of um, uh, lines of evidence that we have. Other lines of evidence are geochemical evidence. So uh, when we analyze this material, um, it contains high abundances of the platinum group elements. So why is that significant? Well, as you know, platinum is very expensive because it's very rare on the crust of the Earth. Um, so although our sort of total budget of platinum so everything, when, it, when our, our planet formed at the beginning of the solar system, uh, we had the same amount of, 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 uh, of, um, of platinum uh, and iridium uh, as all the other meteorites. But as our planet evolved, we formed the uh, core uh, in the centre of our planet. It sort of dragged in uh, certain types of elements which are very attracted to iron. So these are things like platinum, uh, iridium, so a lot of our, uh, our, most of our, um, our, our budget of these metals went into, into our metal core. But meteorites are sort of very sort of primitive, they're sort of unevolved materials, and so they still have their own sort of quite high abundances of, of, these, of these metals, of these platinum group metals. And when we analysed it, this impact ejector contains very high abundances of, of these metals, uh, far higher abundances than the local uh, sort of country rocks, which is mostly um, Lewisian gneiss and these sandstones. And so this is, is, is evidence, again, that this meteorite, as it comes in, it vaporises, it melts, and all this material gets thrown out and gets mixed up with all the sort of country rock and pulverised rock. So uh, that was 1.2 billion years ago. And just a reassuring statement is that impacts are still happening today. So fortunately, within sort of human life scales, really large impacts are very rare, but they do happen. So this was a crater about 30 metres across, uh, which was formed by an iron meteorite uh, hitting Peru uh, about five years ago, and um, 
meteorite probably would have been just a couple of meters across. So we get a lot of these sort of smaller impacts, maybe one or two each century. But in terms of the sort of 10 uh, of the uh, sort of one kilometer um, asteroid impacts, perhaps once every couple of million years. 